0: What are we doing that fills up our days? And and secondly, what's, the, what's going on in our minds as we go about what we're doing? What's our mindset as we go about what we are doing? And often, often, we find ourselves in a state of hurry, a state of rush. It's, it's often not the work that drains us, it's, it's the stress about our work. And the moving, you know, we're, we're, we have to get this done because we have the strain of, of more things on our minds. You know, Jesus was not, I mean, I mean he, he had some pretty busy days. I was just reading, I just backed up a couple chapters from his trip to Mary and Martha's here, which was a place where he would go to get rest. But here's one of his days in his life. Uh, this is in, in chapter 8. They got up and they went out on the lake and they were going to go across the lake and a storm came up. They got involved in this big storm and Jesus was sleeping and the, the boat was about to swamp and Jesus came up and we have the whole story of where he calmed the sea and, and so the seas calmed down and, and the winds even obeyed him. And then Jesus came ashore and he was met on the beach by a man that was demon-possessed. And so he has this counter with this man and he casts the demons out and they go into a bunch of pigs And the pigs run down in the ocean, and the whole town comes out, and they and and they were afraid of what had happened, and and they asked Jesus and the disciples to to leave. And so we have this whole ordeal in the countryside. So then they got in the boat and they went back across. It says, when they returned, there was a crowd that was waiting for him on the other side. So now he gets back there again, and now there's another crowd it says they were all expecting him. Then a man came out, and he had a a little girl about the age of 12 who was dying. And he asked Jesus to come and heal this girl. And it says, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. So you get a picture of just massive, massive people. And while he's on his way to heal this woman, after casting out the demon possessed guy there's a woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years who comes up behind him and touches his coat and and Jesus stops and has this encounter with her and and she is healed along the way. Then he moves on and he he finally gets to the house of this daughter and she has died and and Jesus comes in and he takes her by the hand and and raises her to life. And so that was Jesus' day. So my, my point is this, that Jesus Jesus had some busy days he had some really busy days where he was but if you notice what was he busy with you know it, it's not that he had a, a bowling tournament in between those two events okay or you know that he had to run here or do this or, or uh, pick up you know his new flat screen at the Walmart and get the guy out to hook it up and you, you know what life is like for us in America Jesus was, and he made this statement. He said, I have to be about my father's business. That, that's what I need to be busy with, my father's business. And so we see here that Jesus was busy. The other thing as you read about Jesus and you read these stories is you never get the sense that he's in a hurry. You never get a sense that Jesus is going, come on, guys, we're late. we got to get going. And I never get the sense of that, that Jesus is ever in a hurry. He'll stop for people. He's on his way one way, and, and then something else comes up, and he, he seems to be quite spontaneous in terms of just responding to what, what is going on uh, moment by moment. Now, now back to the story of Mary and Martha. What, if you read the story carefully, you'll notice that Jesus never criticizes Martha the work she was doing. He never criticizes her for the work she was doing. It was how she was doing her work. And Jesus said to her, Mary, you are worried and upset about many things. He said nothing about the fact that she was trying to prepare a meal. He said the fact you are upset and worried about not only this, but many things. And that may sound all too familiar for many of us. Nothing wrong with showing hospitality, but the bottom line, Martha, is this. There's really only one thing in life that's necessary. In fact, it's more important than even food. And that is Mary's relationship with me, and and she has chosen to sit with me and to be in my presence, and there's really nothing more important in life than that. And so Mary has chosen to spend her time doing this thing. Now we live in America, land of opportunity, land of abundance. We have, you know what, you know what hits people when they come here from other countries? All of the choices. I know an individual that came here from Ukraine and walked into one of our supermarkets, and they could not. They said they had to walk out. He said they were there were so many choices, and maybe hard for us to understand this. He said there were so many choices, it was. It was just like I I couldn't stand even to look at it. There were just so many options. You know, it's not like going to the grocery store and buying a bag of potato chips. There's, you know, 43 different kinds of potato chips. And that's our lives here, choices, opportunities. We have so many opportunities. Are there so many things that you could choose to do today that most of the people in the world, it's not even an option for them. Most of you go out and drive your car. Most of the people in the world don't own a car. This morning, many of you had to decide what pair of shoes. Most of the people in the world don't own one pair of shoes. And so we find that that our, our culture provides us with so much opportunity and so many things. And the more things we have, the more busy we are maintaining the things we have. You know, we live in this technological world. I was interesting. I was reading an article what the New York Times did with Steve Jobs, who died uh, just recently. This was before that. And he was, they were were talking about his family. He has like four kids, ages 8 to 14. He said, I'll bet your kids love the iPad. You know, Steve Jobs basically is the, (coughs) you know, innovator of the iPad. And uh, he said, I don't know. They don't have one. I I don't let my kids have technology. This is Steve Jobs now. He said, in fact, my kids go to a school where there's no computers, no technology. He said, we have seen in Silicon, and a lot of, a lot of the execs in Silicon Valley send their kids to the school because they have seen the dangers of technology and how it destroys. You know, this is, this is the first generation that's an inside generation, not an outside generation. There was nothing for us to do inside. And so we, we did things hands-on, outside, uh, imagination, creativity, making your own play, and that kind of thing. And so if we're not careful, and I'm not, you know, obviously there's a way to use technology and there's a way not to use it. But it's just it part of our, the things that consume our mental minds and our time. Jesus said there's only one thing we really really need, and that's time at the feet of Jesus. So all of us need to think about that. You know, if that's the really important thing in life. How much of our life does that get? And busyness becomes our excuse. You know, I take better care of myself. But I'm just so what? I'm just so busy. I, I need to. I really like to spend more time with the kids, but I'm just so busy. I'd like to get more involved at church, but I'm just too busy. Uh, I should have a devotional life, but I'm too busy. and and so it it becomes our excuse and the point is we'll always be busy the question is what are we busy with and and what is our attitude in the midst of that so what are you busy with you know it would be good to take an inventory of your life Psalm 39 Uh, try this sometime if you ever have if you can ever carve out a couple of hours in your day Psalm 39, 4-7. You read these words. Lord, show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my hands, or my days, a mere hand I mean, He says, my life is as long as a distance from here to here. That is my life. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. So here's my life. That's it. That's how long your life is. Just take one breath, inhale, let it out. That's that's the length of a life. Think about that. Man is a mere phantom as he goes to and fro. He bustles about. That way of saying he's busy, but only in vain. He heaps up wealth not knowing who will get it. But now, Lord, what do I look for? God, what am I really looking for in my life? And he, he makes a statement. My hope is in you. My hope is in you. So what are you busy with? Maybe sit down, look at your life, and say, you know, in light of how brief life is, what, what am I doing with my, with my life and my time? And how do you do what you do? Do you, do you do it in a state of hurry? You know what, when you're doing one thing, are you thinking about hurrying to get it done so you can do the next thing? Because when you do that, you never live in the moment. It's really difficult. You know, you're talking with somebody, but you're thinking about the next thing. And so we're, we're constantly multitasking. Anytime you're doing one thing to get to the next thing, now, now you're really thinking about two things at the same time, which is exhausting for us. This is a struggle for all of us. And, you know, we often say, I, I don't feel like God speaks to me. Well, God doesn't speak to us because we, you know, we're too busy. Or we'll say, okay, I'm going I'm to give God some time. So we give him 30 minutes, and if we don't hear from God, we, we figure he's just not speaking to us. Mary and Martha represent two aspects of our lives. Mary represents spending time with Jesus, being in relationship, listening, talking, fellowshipping with Christ, that whole place where you put aside your work and you just enjoy a relationship with God, the God who made you, the God who loves you, the God who wants to sustain you and strengthen you and walk with you and abide with you and and give you wisdom and discernment as you try and live out your life. It's spending time in that relationship. Mary represents the priority of that in our lives. And Martha represents the importance of service. I mean, it's very obvious Jesus calls us to serve and to sacrifice and, and to love one another. And so service is very important. You know, when I, when I went to school, they had two really big words to describe this. And these are the two words. If, if you were to go to a, a theological school, they talk about the indicative and the imperative. I had to look up how to spell those, and I've been to a theological school, so I like these words better, being and doing. Let's just remember that, that God, there's a lot in the Bible, in fact, there's probably more in the Bible about being than there is doing, and you find this pattern in most of Paul's epistles. We've been going through the book of Romans, he spent 11 chapters talking about the fact that we cannot in our own efforts reach up to God, but what God has done to reach down to us and the gift of grace and all that God is offering us, and then he says in chapter 12, therefore in light of God's mercy to you now present yourselves as a living sacrifice You know that you can now live out the will of God, but, but don't do that until you've experienced the grace of God and the mercy of God in your life Ephesians is the same thing He said, praise be to God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He chose us, he adopted us, he redeemed us, he's forgiven us, he's given us the Holy Spirit, he's given us hope. It just goes on and on. He's given us power like that which raised Christ from the dead. And he's given us a love that's so wide and so high and so high and so deep and beyond what you could even imagine. You take a God who could, use your imagination, And and think about a God who could love you so much. He said, you can't even imagine the depth of God's love for you. So therefore, after three chapters of that, he says, therefore, let us live a life, let us live out now this life worthy of this calling that God has, has given to us as his children. Watchman Nee said it this way. He wrote a book called Sit, Walk, and Stand. It was patterned after the book of Ephesians. Before you can walk and serve and live out, we need to sit. And in this story, Mary is sitting. Martha is walking. And Jesus said, you've got to realize you've got to have times in your life where you just sit in my presence. If not, you'll go out into this world and your life will be thin and you'll be operating in your own power and idolatry will take over your life because You're not walking in this abiding presence of Christ. Here's a statement. Let me just say one other thing before I I go to the statement. One other thing about busyness. The busier we get, the busier we get. Because the busier we get, the more shallow we get, and the more unresolved things we have in our hearts, because we're not sitting before the Lord and allowing him to touch us and heal us. And the more unresolved pain we have, and the more unresolved pain we have, the the more we want to keep busy because it's too painful. It's just too painful to be quiet. You, You ever experience that? We just don't want to stop because if you have to stop, you're going to have to think, and you're going to have to feel, and you're going to have to look what's really going on in your heart. And so the call here is that it is to put aside this busyness and allow Christ in their life. The only way, you can write this now if you've taken notes, the only way to avoid idol worship in your life is to make sure Jesus is abiding in your heart. That he is the one that you worship. Because you're not worshiping him, you'll worship something else. Nothing wrong with living a productive, full life. But when we're too busy to connect with Christ in such a way that we meet him in our deepest point of need and we can walk with him with a sense of pres- his presence in our day, and then we're too busy. This morning I'm going to do a little something different as we conclude. I'm going to take the last 10 minutes. And I want you to, uh, there's a little video here, it's about six minutes long. <clears throat> and, and then and I'm going to invite you just to pray with me after that but this is a video and it's talking about Mary and Martha and maybe not all of you but some of you when you start watching this video you're going to go come on let's let's hurry up it's it's going to be too slow for you the reason it's going to be too slow for you is because you're too busy and you know we live in a we live in this kind of a culture and so, just just allow this video to kind of slow you down. And uh, it, it is Roy here today? Is is Roy here? I didn't see if he was here. Okay, I was just gonna say if someone's sitting by Roy, there's there's no words to this video. So, uh, but if he's not here, that's fine. <clears throat> um, so, just allow God to speak to you through this this video this morning.